Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, and today we are fortunate to have with us Andy Seeley. Uh, Andy Seeley is a CEO and co-founder of Creatively Disruptive, a digital marketing agency built by a team of professional nerds that work together as the small business champions. Andy is a small business marketing expert, and he is committed to helping businesses keep up with all the latest algorithms to make sure that they are getting their money's worth for their online advertising, especially during the current economic environment. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you, Barbara. I love being here. Uh, Andy, you mentioned that you uh, keep up with all the latest algorithms, but I'm always hearing that when um, Google and various other search engines change their algorithms and they have names attached to each one, that nobody quite knows what it is that they are measuring. How is it that you get in on the uh, the real thing? Well, I mean, really, it's it's called probably the, the the number how often we're in in it and it's it's really a discovery type system we know we 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 hit we have we're alerted to a change that's made and then it's like looking at the numbers and figuring out what is what that change has been is affecting the numbers of of the clients and the data and then you can like backward backward and engineer kind of what they've tried to do like i've never you know <sighs> It's a very weird kind of like thing with Google and Facebook. There's no customer service. There's no one for you to call. There's no one for you to talk to, but they're these immensely powerful organizations that can basically do whatever they wish to do. And they won't tell you what they're trying to do. Um, they kind of like just, hey, we're making a change because we want this to happen. They'll say, we want better optimized um, results for our clients. And Okay, what does that mean? You know, you know, we have to start digging through what, what happens back in the day there was the penguin and the i can't remember the other algorithmic update for um google and that, that's where that really pushed them away from being very link click click uh sorry link building focused to being very content focused and we all kind of understood that that's what they wanted to do because google as a entity said that they wanted to do that and we had to surmise as a as like a i guess a uh, inspector or detective would as to, okay, well, they're saying these words over here and they've made changes over here. We got to like make the, we got to connect the two and see how that works. And, you know, it obviously became with, with results because obviously results oftentimes tell us what's going on that Google had made these changes to make sure that when someone searched, instead of getting somebody that had lots of links attached to a site, um, so lots of incoming links coming in, which used to be, I don't know if you've heard of a thing called Google juice back at, back in the day, there's a thing called Google juice and you'd get a lot of Google juice from having lots of 
links on other websites coming back to your website. And people would pay thousands, tens of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars to have teams of people in India and all over the world just adding links every single day. Google, quite rightly, I think, looked at that and said, okay, if Barbara is searching for some help, is the best result really the guy that spent the most money on a guy, on people building links on irrelevant websites? Is that really the best result for her? Or should the best result actually be a website that actually has really good content and the good information so they can actually help her? So Facebook basically took away that as the main factor. It's still a little factor, but it's taken away that as the main factor and made it much more about how your website's built, how, how good your experience is when it's there, and the quality of the content, what's on it. And I think it was a very positive change. And we were able to kind of like work through that based on what they said and what they've done. Now, Facebook, on the other hand, is another kettle of fish altogether because oftentimes they make changes and none, no one knows what's going on. Um, most times it causes campaigns to fall apart at the seams and you have to rebuild them. That's why many times you'll hear a small business owner say, man, I was doing so well for the last three months and then suddenly it stopped. Well, Facebook's changed some mathematics that is going on in the system and it's now not aligning with what you're doing. So your results are getting poorer. And we just test and test and test and test and see what's going on. And we're able to figure it out because Facebook, unlike Google, when Google makes a big change, they oftentimes are, it's in relation to a lot of stuff that they're talking about doing strategically. Facebook oftentimes makes major changes with very little warning and very little explanation. Um, I would say, however, that ultimately every change, at least from a marketing standpoint, maybe not from a person, person, you know, a, civil, you know, a civilian citizen um, might not be good, but from a marketing standpoint, almost all changes that Facebook has, have ever made have ultimately resulted in much better results. Um, there was a big change two years ago. Was it two years ago, Barbara? When you remember when Facebook was getting spanked a little bit by... <laughs> by everybody about data and stuff, which I think was a little bit of a misnote. I mean, they don't sell our data. They use our data. I don't know. Like if you, if you got our ads that we're, we're building for a client. So, you know, you know, if, if, if you're looking for a doctor and you started getting some ads about, you know, a clinic or whatever, I didn't get Barbara Hales's information and put that out there. It gets put into a poll and we say, I want to reach people that are interested in this clinic and most likely to purchase. And then Facebook puts it in front of you. So there's like a disconnect between us and you. So mm -hmm. your information, at least to the majority of the users is not being used. I know sometimes Facebook does share data with some of the apps and that's where they got in trouble. And there's like, there was some sharing of data, but that's not their core business. Their core business is not sharing data. It's actually helping connect like-minded businesses with people most likely to purchase. Um, and that was a big shift. And we were very concerned about that because it changed the way they targeted. And one of the great things about Facebook is it's targeting system, but they've basically turned their AI um, around on that. And that has, caused there to be some more opportunity. So I don't know, it's a very long-winded answer I've given you for a very short, easy question. But um, ultimately, I would say to answer your question, um, testing, testing, and testing, um, and kind of like backward working is how we actually figure out, okay, what was this change? What was the end result? And what was the purpose for it?
Do you find that Facebook algorithms uh, and what they're looking for now has changed drastically since they bought uh, Instagram? Yes. I mean, it's changed since last year. It's changed dramatically since four years ago. It's constantly changing. Um, everything's changed on Facebook. Probably everything's changed from two years ago. Um, it's it's a constant changing thing. So in, when Instagram came on board, I wouldn't say Instagram initiated change on Facebook. I think Facebook just changes. Facebook is a very different place than when it was, you know, when it first launched in colleges back in 2005 or whatever. It's very different um, from 10 years ago. So it's, it's, you know, it's basically light years different from there um, to the point that now it's, it's, it's a very different platform. If you were using Facebook 10 years ago, it's a very different platform from today. Um, I think what Instagram did was it brought in a different crowd, um, a younger crowd who was a lot more interested in it. It, it probably single-handedly ended um, or really put pressure on because they're still operating, but it kind of ended um, the growth of Snapchat um, mm -hmm. for the younger, younger crowd. Um, you know, you could argue that Instagram has caused issues um, in society, but from a business standpoint, I, you know, I wouldn't say that Instagram has affected, my opinion is that it hasn't affected Facebook directly, um, but it's just part of that, it's part of that big tech thing that whatever it is today won't be what it is in, two, in a year. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's strategies we use today Sorry, there's strategies that we used six months ago that don't work today. Mm -hmm. Now, some people say that Facebook ads really are not as uh, potent or, or worthwhile as they used to be, uh, and that you know it doesn't really pay to have Facebook ads. What would you say about that? I would say that probably the people that say that don't understand the targeting and don't understand targeting changes, don't understand how um, they may be silo there their marketing so they might they might have their google over here un, unconnected to anything their facebook here unconnected to anything their email marketing here unconnected to anything they might uh look at facebook and google sorry facebook and instagram as two separate identities when they're really just one um just reaching different people in different ways um and you know we have seen what what Facebook truly is, and this is, and, and when you're thinking about how you're building out your marketing plan, you need to understand this because there's only one platform that does this in, a, in the way that it does. Back in the day, if you wanted to build your clinic, um, you'd have to put a newspaper ad out or maybe a radio ad or a TV ad, right? And it would be about introducing new people to your business, right? Mm -hmm. And it's branding, right? Yeah. In education, Facebook's really the only platform that does a really great job of that, Facebook and Instagram. Google is a reactive medium, which means I type in something and I find it, right? Facebook, you could have you know, a new technique that no one's ever heard of that's wonderful. No one's going to search for that on Facebook because it's brand new. You've just come up with it. You've invented this new technique mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, Facebook can introduce it to people and What's wonderful about Facebook is that, is that we, we go, okay, let's say it's a chiropractic doctor, 
right? And he's got a new technique that seems to be very, very good. And he's, get, and he's getting lots of plaudits in the chiropractic world. Myself, I'm not a chiropractor. I'm not in the chiropractic world, but maybe I've got this problem and maybe this technique will help me. I'm not going to search for it. I'm not going to look for it. Because oh, you I don't won't know. know. Yeah. I don't know it exists. However, Facebook, because of all the platforms that knows more about us than anybody, and, and it's scary level stuff. Like if we weren't marketers, um, we should be concerned with the amount of knowledge that it has about our activities. Um, literally the other day I was talking to a group of marketers and this is going to sound a bit crass, but literally Facebook could probably predict when you go to the bathroom, right? It's, it's that kind of stuff that go, you know, we have GPS on here. It can measure us to about a, a, a meter. It can figure out where in the house we are. And it goes, okay, Andy goes to the bathroom probably between one and two. He's in that part of the house. It seems like a constant thing that he does every other day. We have a feeling that's a bathroom. We know he's going to go there. So, hey, we're going to start producing some ads that might be relevant to him when he's in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, Facebook knows that amount of information about us, which is kind of scary. Um, there's like 272 points of interest that it knows about us. Your mum might know 90, right? So it knows you better than your mother. Um, I'll give you another example. I was talking to a, a Facebook executive about you know targeting and how good the targeting is, and and he actually brought up a surfing analogy he said we know who who's a surfer and i'm like really Oz, is that because you see them going and purchasing stuff or looking at surfing stuff on facebook and is it like no he's like you know about 20 to 40 percent of surfers take their phones out with them because they take photos and stuff that you know they you know, especially now that uh a lot of phones are waterproof water resistant and so forth and they <laughs> strap them on and whatever and they're taking photos of each other and we can tell when they're floating you know, 50 feet off the coast. And if they're constantly floating 50 feet off the coast, they're probably a surfer. And we all- Or, or they've fallen overboard. Right. But like <laughs> every day they're falling overboard and they get out. The most unlucky people. <laughs> and all the, and, and, right, exactly. And all the different angles and all the different uh, data points that they get. So they go, okay, so he floats off. So it's like, again, it's like a detective thing, right? He's floating off the, off the coast uh, by 50 feet uh, every other day for hours. Um, he does go to some surf shops. He's recently purchased this. We've got the, you know, we, he's interacting as he's, he's surf photos. He's a surfer. So if me and you, uh, you know, if we're a chiropractic you know, clinic and we've got a new technique to help a, a, a surfer, you know, maybe there's a common thing that surfers have. We can actually like target surfers. And even though surfers don't know anything about this, we could target surfers with Facebook and introduce them to something brand new that they've never thought of. So Facebook is proactive where it can like go, Hey, Barbara, look at this really cool thing that you didn't know exists. And you go, wow, that's kind of cool. I, I didn't even no, and then it brings you in. It's a longer process than Google, like Google search, find, buy. Yeah. Facebook, hey, Barbara, look at this really cool thing. What do you think of it? And you go, oh, I like that. And you, you interact with it. And then the, then the algorithm goes, she interacted with it. She's interested. We're going to do a different thing to it. And then you build so you're out. You're going to be bombarded. <laughs> and for us, we call it the funnel, right? So you, you might have many of your your people might have heard of a, a sales funnel. So this way the sales funnel works is you have a large group that you're trying to reach, which is all the surfers, right? Not all the surfers might have this back problem that, that as a chiropractor I can fix, but it is surfers, right? All the surfers have this problem. 
Um, it's, it's, if people have it, it's a surfer problem, but only some of those surfers have it. So we, we market surfers, not everybody, right? So we don't want to waste our money on people that are not likely to buy. We just want to focus on those surfers. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm not going to buy it. I'm a rugby guy, right? <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. So don't focus on So not, not only your back is broken, but every part of you my aches. Neck. Yeah, I'm, my problem's <laughs> a neck problem, right? So... Um, so we focus on the surfers and then some of those surfers interact and they drop down to a level two, which we call, um, which we basically use as an education kind of level. It's like, a, okay, we know that you're interested. Now it's about explaining why it's interesting. And then you start getting at some ads, which is usually a little bit more exploratory, a little bit more detail into why this is a really cool thing. And then anybody that interacts with that drops down to another level, which is like purchase action, do something. So it's like you feel like you're being bombarded, but you're taking you're being taken through a process, and a lot of it is based on how long you look at an ad, how long do you you know do you click on the ad, do you comment on the ad, do you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and it brings you through the process. And Facebook, there is no platform that introduces new things and introduces new opportunities. There's no other platform that does it. Um, TV and radio, you know, think of branding, think of a TV ad where if you were an ice cream manufacturer that you could decide to go after only people that like ice cream, how much more effective that would be? Well, it would be very effective unless right. I wanted, of course, to introduce new people to it. Right. And, <laughs> and finally, I'll just say one final thing. I know I'm going, giving you long-winded answers, but the other part of it is Facebook and Google work amazingly together and they work well with email. So when you build them together, so it's a system that works together, it will work like it, it magnifies it tenfold. So to give you an example, and I'll, I'll keep it really quick. Someone does a search on, on Google to find it. They don't quite decide to buy. They go to the website though and check it out. Facebook sees, oh, I, I see that they went there. Next time they go on Facebook or Instagram, the ads start coming up to follow them. So the, so that that process isn't, they searched, they went to the website and they disappeared, right? And never know, hear from them again. You've got to wait for them to search again. We grab them, we've got them, and we can start having a discussion and try to reel them in. They give us some data. They give us, say, their email address because they're interested. Then it goes into the email process and then they're getting followed and, and, and built. And that's when you build it all together, it's... I've got to say, Barbara, it's, it's it's closest thing to magic right now. You do it right. It's I've seen businesses go from half a million dollars of revenue to two million in a year. Wow, that's very impressive. Right. Is right. that what you mean when you say um, that you can make your website a conversion uh, conversion machine? Yeah, I mean your website—that's what it should be, right? Your website should not be your business card. Your website should be about capturing data, should be about capturing emails, uh, should be about getting them to reach out to you. And a conversion for, say, a clinic or a doctor would be an inquiry, would be a, I've got a problem or, or an, a scheduling uh, an appointment, a, you know, a, a giving an information so the staff can call back. You know, a med mm-hmm. staff type thing would be along those lines as well where, where a lead comes through and then they can start communicating, but then there's automated systems that continue working them until they actually purchase from you. Um, and we're busy people getting distracted all the time. And we've, we've learned that if you just, if I just call you and leave a message, 
hey, Barbara, would you like to do business with me? And I hang up and that's it. There's a good likelihood that you might not check the phone, might not never respond to me because you're busy. You might really intend to do business with me, but you, you got distracted. Life's busy, especially with the distractions that we have. We've got to be, we've got to be smart. We've got to be thoughtful about how to keep people engaged. And you do that and results happen. Yeah. So uh, another interesting thing that you mentioned, which um, I'd like to touch upon at the moment is uh, how to get uh, online reviews and building customer trust. Yeah. You know, I, you know, obviously if you have a patient that is uh, a raving fan, it's yep. uh, you know, easy to say, you know, could you please rate me and review me when you see me, when you see me. But um, in general, you know, like what would you suggest? I think every business should have like, regardless of whether it's a, a, a local GP or if it's a plastic surgeon or whatever the, whatever the modality is or whatever the, the product is that you're offering or service that you're offering, you know, having your front desk, your customer service people, even yourself as a doctor, you know, to ask for feedback from the client. Um, most of our clients are going to not give us any rating, even if they're happy, right? They, you go in, you get a thing, you, you're busy, you get off with the day and you're like, man, that was really good. My arm's feeling so much better. This was really, I'm quite happy about that. And then you're off for the day. Most people will, if I go in and I get my arm looked at and the doctor, and I'm like, oh, I'm really hurt, sore and I'm pissed off. I'm going to go on, this doctor is horrible, right? Right. So, so almost always, reviews are almost always a little worse than what the reality is, right? Mm -hmm. Because the loudest people are usually the ones that are a little bit peed off. What I always suggest to all of our, and this is like, Auto mechanics, you know, every service-based business that you're in touch and you know, in, in, in contact with the client, is to make it part of your business to be, um, hey, how, how did you feel about the, how did you feel about the treatment? How did you feel about working with us? Is there any reason why you can't give us a five-star rating? And mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you were going to give us a five-star rating, is there any reason if they say, oh no, Barbara, this was wonderful, you did a great job, I really love coming to you, I'm very happy, then you just say, hey. It really is helpful to us and very really is important. Um, if you could go to Google, if you go, could go to Facebook and give us a quick review or recommendation, I'd really appreciate it. And if you say that and they truly do feel good about you, people kind of feel like, you know what, I, I really like Barbara. And if it helps her, it's the least I can do, right? And it's a nice little add a boy. Now, not all of them or add a girl. Most, many people won't do it, but you'll get a good number that will. And you've pretty much got to ask for it. And, and I would suggest that you just put it as part of the way you operate, right? So you know, if you've got a customer service team or a front desk team to say, hey, how was your experience? And if somebody says, my experience was really bad, it's probably a good thing for you to know about it so you can do something about kind of rectifying it, right? Rectifying it with the client and rectifying it with in, within the process of your organization. But you'll find you'll get a lot more positive result, uh, positive reviews. And it does two things. There's algorithmic benefits where the algorithm will just go look at you and go, well, you must be a, a decent organization. So we're going to give you more organic reach. We're going to give you um, cheaper costs and paid advertising, all those things, you, uh, benefits as you get more and more good ratings. Because Facebook and Google really just want to highlight the best businesses, not any crappy ones, right? Um, 
And then the other part of it is the human part of it. Whereas if me and you were looking to go to a clinic and there's three clinics and one has one review, sorry, 10 reviews and they're all five stars. One has a hundred reviews and it's like 3.8 stars. And then another one has a hundred reviews and it's five and it's five stars. We're going to look at that. And as humans, we're going to go, well, this one doesn't have many reviews, but it's highly rated. This one has a lot of reviews and it's, it's average. And this one has a lot of reviews and it's really highly rated. I'm going to go to the one with a lot of reviews and highly rated. So, and that's just a normal human way of going about it. All the search engines, all the, you know, all show them as well. Unfortunately, you know, we spoke about Yelp. Um, we won't get deep into Yelp, but Yelp, um, has a situation where they are connected with Apple, right? So mm -hmm. with Apple, sorry, that was my wife walking in <laughs> into the room. Um, so Yelp is connected with Apple. So when you, you when you're trying to find a clinic to go to, you're going to get that Yelp review. And personally, I, I would discount any Yelp review. I would go, okay. On Yelp, it's a 2.5. Let's have a look on Google and see what the rating is. Google's usually a little bit clearer understanding of, of what, how good a company is. And Facebook is, is actually becoming quite good too. So I don't know. Did I answer that question? <laughs> uh, you did. I do have another question about that though. Yep. Stay, stay tuned. Okay. Is that, uh, you know, there are many uh, services that we use in the course of a day, like um, a manicure salon or a car dealer that has um, a uh, subscription to a service that automatically, as soon as you've left there, you get a text yep. message on your phone to yep. say, and, and, this, and the empty stars are there, you know, just like click, which would seem to me to be a little bit more efficient because then the patient doesn't have to think about going someplace to rate you, they could just click on the phone. Yep. Um, do you feel that that is uh, like a good way to go? Yeah, I, I would do it with both, right? I think the personal question, like if, you, if, you, if I interacted with you and went away and suddenly got a text, there's a good chance that I might just ignore it, right? But if you said to me, hey, Andy, is there any reason why you wouldn't give me five stars? You know, have you enjoyed the experience with us? And I said, yes. And then I walked away and I got this text and it made it really easy for me to do. It's going to make it way more likely that I'll interact with it. So mm -hmm. I think those, those, those services are really good. And I know there's one, um, it's not a medical thing, but you could, you could you know, use the same pro process. Like we have one client that's a, um, a car, a car you know, service, you know, auto repair shop. And they actually have on their business cards on the back, it says, yeah, if you want to give us a good review, please scan this. And it's like a QR code and you scan it and it actually takes you straight to the place to actually put the, put the code in. So they well, say, that's pretty good. Yeah. So they verbally say, do this. And then they give a card. Um, and, you know, you, you've, there's automated systems, there's automated text messaging, emails, you know, the whole nine yards. I, I, I would suggest taking it serious to develop you know, uh, endorsement of your, of your business should be uh, an integral part of your campaign. Reputation management is critical, especially I believe in medical field. Absolutely. Right. Very critical. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Okay. So just, sorry. Um, could you give us a few successful marketing tips? One moment. 
you give us a few uh, marketing tips on uh, how we could use Facebook successfully? So uh, specifically from a clinical kind of like uh, doctor, medical doctor standpoint, you know, I think, you know, doctors, I think typically are very focused on their service and on the, on the, on the outcomes of their patients and, and working the work that they do. Um, but like any business, um, there's two parts to a business, right? There's sales and marketing and there's product and service. If all you are a product and service, you're going to struggle, right? If all you are a sales and marketing, you can get away with it, but you're constantly trying to find new customers. If your product is crap or whatever, I guess you could be McDonald's and get away with it because their marketing and sales is amazing and they've got a very average product. Some might say it's great. I say it's average, even though, but their sales and marketing is so good that I'll buy from McDonald's once a month. And I know when I buy it, I'm going to have a bit of a stomachache, right? <laughs> but, but ultimately, um, if you've got both together, what ends up happening is you end up having um, power, right? You, you, you have a, a never-ending conveyor belt of business that's coming to you. It's like having a spigot that you can turn on. I need more business. I've got the business. I turn it off in the, you know, when I don't need any more business. And you, you have control instead of just waiting for the world to kind of like blow you business randomly. Um, Facebook especially is going to introduce people to you. It's much more personal. Uh, and when I say Facebook, I'm talking Facebook and Instagram, um, paid advertising. I highly recommend most small businesses to have a paid advertising budget. Most people are like, I want it to be organic. Well, everyone wants it to be organic. So if there's 10 clinics in your local area, they're all wanting it to be organic. Um, with paid, I can make sure I get in front of Barbara. And if Barbara needs my product, which if I've done my marketing correctly, she, she's at least most likely to purchase of everybody else on Facebook. Um, I can be in front of her. I can become top of mind. I can become the only one on her mind, right? Instead of it being, okay, I need to get a chiropractor. I can actually get to the point where I'm like Barbara Hale's chiropractic clinic is the only one that I'm thinking of when I need to do it. And Facebook has that power to do it. And it basically puts the power in your hands rather than being blown around by the winds of change and whatever's going on. And we both know that hospitals go out of business. Doctors go out of business. Doctors oftentimes have to, you know, end up working in hospitals and working hard shifts. And it's, a, it's not always easy, right? Um, if you're a, a, a doctor that has goals of having your own busy clientele and, and, and clinic and you want to, there's an entrepreneurial feel that you have to, you must look at both parts of the puzzle, your sales and marketing and your product and service and balance that well. Um, you do that and you, you know, Google, Facebook, email is the three, three things that we always, is like the magic trinity, so, so to speak you'll do extremely well if it's well thought out. And like anything, I highly recommend, this is a bit self-serving, but I highly recommend that you get an expert to do it. If I've got a back problem, I'm not gonna go to my neighbor who's an electrician, say, I've got a back problem, can you fix it for me? I've seen you reading stuff about backs. Uh, why don't you do it? I, I saw you like stretching your son out once, cause then he was like, oh, that feels good, dad. Maybe you can do it for me. 
online marketing <laughs> online marketing is full of of people like that hey i'm going to get my daughter next you know my, my neighbor's daughter next door who's a high school kid she's on instagram all the time she can do my social social media management no it's it's as complicated and ever changing as the world of medicine is right i mean there's always new things coming out in medicine right there's there's a constant you know in science there's this constant juggling around of of, of things happening so you know i mean maybe some practices are, are, are less than others but there's there's lots of movement with online marketing it's constantly changing we we spend probably five percent of our total income just on knowing stuff just on knowing things which we depend on you to do. Right. <laughs> so, so to recap, um, <laughs> so to recap, you know, marketing is absolutely crucial for yeah. the success of your business. Yeah. And it's also crucial that you outsource it and have it done by a pro who knows what they're doing. As much as it's important for me to go to a uh, you know, uh, orthopedic surgeon. If I break my arm, right? Is, is that right? Orthopedic is arms, yeah, yeah, broken, yeah. broken bones. Yeah, I'm not going to go. I, I'm not even going to go to a ear, nose, and throat guy if I broke. <laughs> if I've got a broken foot, right? Um, I might go to a podiatrist with a broken foot. But you know, there's knowledge, and 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 if you're serious about the results, if you just want to save money. Do all the other stuff. Like if I want to save money and I don't really want my back fixed, I'm going to go to my my electrician friend next door who seems to be able to stretch out his son well, right? If I want to save money, I'll do that. If I'm serious about results, if I want my back fixed, I'm going to somebody who's who's an expert on it and I'm going to have them do it for me. The same thing with, with your marketing. If you want to get real results, if the reason why you think Facebook doesn't work, it's probably because your next door neighbor's daughter is doing your marketing for you. <laughs> If you actually want real results, get that expert that spent years working at it and it is in the algorithm algorithm and you know understands what needs to happen to get you the results. And you know, I will say, I know we're trying to summarize here, but I will say that in our industry, uh, and I'm not gonna say, because I think most doctors that I've ever had any dealings with have been wonderful people. In our industry, there's lots of people that know nothing and say a lot, right? So there's a lot of people that, um, you know, talk a really good game or, um, you know, put themselves out there as experts in certain fields. And they're really just not that good at it. They're just really not good. Um, so do a do, do due diligence, you know, have a look on, on the Facebook reviews for marketing companies. You know, do they have them? I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at a marketing agency and they've got no reviews. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Most times they turn them all off. And why do they turn their reviews off? Because they don't have any good ones. Because there's people belt belly aching about them. Um, you know, I'm happy to say that we've got you know, you know, a lot of reviews, and we've got a five star rating on Facebook. Um, and you know, we keep those open because we're like, we know we're doing a good job, and people need to be able to do a little bit of due diligence. So there's a lot of, I guess, shysters, and in, in medical terms, snake oil salesmen. Um, and you want to make sure that you get the right guy. And when you get the right team, you know, work with them and, uh, you know, make them part of your organization. Don't take it as a separate kind of thing that we do. It's got to be a, a part of your, your business and it's got to be thoughtful. So how can our listeners reach you, Andy? 
So there's two things that we're doing, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you a link. Um, we'll give you a link after this so you can post it with it. But we, if, you, if those of you that don't get to go to Barbara's website to get a link, um, you know, go to creativelydisruptive.com. Uh, we're actually doing a thing because we're very, very committed to small businesses, um, whatever they are, to um, you know, survive the pandemic and to do well e w within or without the pandemic. And we have a course which basically teaches everything that we do. Like it actually was a course that we developed to actually teach our team. It was like an internal resource course that we use to help teach our, our interns and so forth that come in. And we actually turned that into a course for for the public to use. Um, we were selling it at like, I think it was like $500 um, that you could buy the course and you could like learn how to do Facebook and Google and all the stuff and build all these things that we're talking about and understand it. Um, we've actually changed that during the pandemic to just pay what you can. So you could actually put zero in there um, and have access to the course for life. Um, and, you know, we believe it's the minimum we can do to really help small business. Um, obviously, the payback to us is people know about, will, will hear about us a little bit more. And my guesstimation is that most um, doctors are going to be busy doctoring and maybe not want to do it themselves. And maybe some of them might decide to have us help them with it. But if you want to understand it, if you want to try and do it yourself, everything is there for you to do it. So you go to creativelydisruptive.com and then you click on, this, on, on the Academy drop down which is on the right right at the top and just click on small business academy and you can actually sign up and you can if you don't want to pay anything don't pay anything i'd rather you join up and not pay anything than not join up at all or if you want to pay something because you think it, you know you, you want to support us feel free pay what you can is the whole point well that's so extremely that. yeah that's extremely yeah. kind of you yeah so do that and i'm going to give you a link for it um the other thing is you can go to andy disruption um which is on uh, on uh, Twitter, um, you can search me on um, LinkedIn, Andy Seely, um, on LinkedIn. Um, again, there's lots of recommendations, lots of people talking about me on there if you're wanting to do due diligence. Um, and we're, we're obviously Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, YouTube, all the different things that there if you want to like check us out. But uh, if you want to email us too, you can email us. Um, you can email me at Andy at Creatively Disruptive. I'm okay giving you my personal email and have people reaching out to me. Um, we have a great team. They care about you guys. Be a minimum if you're serious about making a difference to yourselves, at least from a knowledge standpoint. Sign up to the to the Small Business um, Academy. It's, it, it, it's free to infinity. If you want, you can pay me a million dollars. I'm okay with that. If you can't pay a million dollars, <laughs> pay pay zero but but do something well, i think it's important even if you're going to be outsourcing it to understand it and to know yes. what other people are doing and that stops the snake oil salesman absolutely well that has been all for our episode today it's been extremely informative uh thank you so much this has been Another episode that you've been listening to of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, and guest, Andy Seeley. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field.
Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.